chapter 1, beginning from verse 18, I will put it this way. God says, come, let us reason together. Now, when you reason with God in his word, you will know how to order your steps in the world. That's the way it is. You reason with God in his word, then you know how to order your steps in the world. Because the Lord will direct your steps and he will give you um, great success. So tonight, we're going to be talking about healing. I like to talk about this because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. My people perish for lack of knowledge. You cannot receive healing from God unless you apply faith. You know, many times I hear people ask, if you really have the power to heal, why don't you go to the hospital and, and, and just empty the place? Well, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't go to any hospital in his time to empty the hospital. He only healed those who came to him. He never went to them unless they invited him in. That's just the way God works. Unless you invite him, he's not coming. We got to pray. Stand up with me before I go. We got to give honor to the Holy Spirit because he is the real teacher. Father, we just want to thank you. Spirit of the living God, you are our teacher. Jesus said, when you come, you will bring us into all truth. You will guide us into all truth. Therefore, speak to us tonight and anoint our hearts with, with your power so that we can understand your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to really go into this uh, thing about healing because I want our church members to understand that this is God's will. If you're looking for God's will, it is God's will for you to stay healthy, not sick. And God proved it when he created you. He created you with a mechanism inside you to fight disease. It's called the immune system. God built that in you because God hates sickness. And so he built in you the power to fight sickness because God hates it. And God so hates sickness that when he sent his son to die for our sins, God not only sent Jesus to die for our sins, he sent him also to die for our sickness. A lot of people don't know this. When I found this out, it was a big revelation for me. I just thought Jesus died for our sins. That's all I said. But that's not what the word of God says. Jesus didn't die just for our sins alone. Read the scriptures. He didn't just carry our sins. He also carried our sicknesses and our diseases. The Bible says so. Many times we have in our minds the things that we've been taught, the things that we hear from others, and we are reasoning with others and reasoning with ourselves and with our friends. We are not reasoning with God. And it's only when you reason with God you will find the truth. And when you find the truth, Jesus says, you shall know the truth. That means there is a time when you didn't know the truth. So you dog hard, reason in the world. Then you find the truth. And guess what happens? And the truth will set you free. It just doesn't come automatically. And sometimes the things that you're hearing from people is not the truth. 
They are reasoning with themselves, leaning on their own understanding, reasoning with each other without reasoning with God in his word. So God says, come, let's now reason together. You and God, you can't see him, but you reason with him from his word. And if you reason with him from his word, even though you're feeling like you are so sinful, God says, you'll find out you are as white as snow. There is no sin there. Because the world will tell you, you don't have them anymore because Jesus carried them away. And he can't carry them away and you still have them on you. And that's what righteousness is all about. Every sin that you've committed, Jesus carried away. If he's already taken it away, you don't have them. This is the righteousness of God. It's as if you never did it because somebody took it away. It's not there. If you got stain on your clothes and you find a way to get the stain out, would you still see the stain? It's as if it was not there. If somebody who didn't know the stain was there and you say, that stain is stain. He says, I don't see any stain. And you keep insisting it's stain. He says, you lost your mind. <laughs> I can't see any stain. And that's what Jesus has done. He's so washed us clean, the Father doesn't see any stain in us. But we have to believe it. We have to believe it. And until you reason with God in his word, you can't believe it enough for him to act on you. For him to act on his word in your life. And that's what faith is all about. It's a life of faith. It's not what you feel. It's what the word says. And the word is spirit. And when you stay in the word, the spirit of the word gets a hold of you. And you no longer think like the natural man. You only think like the spiritual man that you are. And you are a mystery in the world. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. The wind blows. And you hear the sound of it. But you don't know where it's coming from. And you don't know where it's going. Jesus said, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. There are mysteries in the world. The world doesn't understand what's happening inside of you. There's a part of you that's God, that God has put inside of you. But you still act like, Paul says, like mere men. <laughs> Paul says, don't act that way. You are a child of God. I, I used to say, a monkey's son looks like a monkey, right? That's right. It's little, but it's still a monkey. looks like a monkey. And God's son, a man's son looks like a man. Maybe female, but looks like a man. And so God's son must look like the father. And Jesus was very clear. In his, his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, he was praying to his father. He says, I in you, them in me, so that we can be one. We don't want to go there. We are so religious. We don't want to even think that way. But if we think that way, Satan will begin to recognize every time he sees you, he says, here comes trouble. You look like Jesus. <laughs> here comes trouble. What are we going to do now? That's the way I like it. Where every time I show up, Satan says, what is he planning and what is, where is he going and what is he planning to do? Not because of me, but because of what God has made me and what God has made you. Amen? 
So Jesus died not only for our sins, but he died for, my, for our sins, for our, for our sickness, and for poverty. And we're going to talk about those things. You see, sometimes people just lean on their own, and they get very quickly offended. Well, I don't believe that. It doesn't matter what you believe. What does the word say? And people don't realize the word and God are one and the same. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. So God's going to abandon his word and comply with your belief. <laughs> What's that for? God will abandon himself because you don't believe it and then accept whatever you believe because he's afraid you might be offended. What's that? And that's what you hear all the time. People get quickly offended. Well, I don't believe that. Well, why don't you read the scriptures? Why don't you let the scriptures guide what you believe? That's what's so amazing. And so people are living defeated lives. And all they want to hear is things that just to make them feel good. It's like taking a medicine to, to dull the symptoms, but the problem is still there. To me, that doesn't make sense. Why don't you just stay with what God says so you can get to the root of the matter? I tell them people all the time, well, if you can show me from the word, I'll change my opinion right there. And I repent. The other day, some, uh, uh, my, uh, my niece called from Iowa, um, Iowa, and she was sharing, what's this scripture I told her? And then I pulled other scriptures to find out what it was saying. I said, yeah, a lot of Christians use that scripture this way, but that's not what the scripture is saying. Put everything in context, what God's saying. And we read several different translations just to get it right. And all I've heard of my life is how these people, we apply it in my country and how people apply it. But that's not what God was saying there. I changed my mind yesterday night just by reading that. And I said, this is wrong. I hear Christians do this, but I'm not going to do it anymore. It's wrong. Because that's not what that scripture is saying. I got to change my mind. I have to change my mind. And she thanked me and said, thank you. Because she was coming from the other way. But we spent some time going through the scriptures, one after the other, read it in context, see what God is saying, and that's not what God says. Because every new translation, and even the old, is pointing to some other thing. And if you read what God was saying until you get to that point, that's not what he's saying. He's basically saying, you don't do this. But people are thinking, he says, do this. I don't want to go into that because it will be another message. My point is, you change your mind when you see the word of God. Don't lean on your understanding. It is a life of faith. The way you feel has nothing to do with it. A lot of people go by the way they feel. Well, I don't feel that way. Who cares what you feel? But I mean, God, God is not going to say, well, he doesn't feel that way. That's not the issue here. It's what God says in this world that matters. Jesus said, this same word will judge you in the last day. That's what he said. The words that I speak, they'll judge you in the, they'll be your judge in the last day. Because the words Jesus speak, they are spirit and they are life. They'll judge you in the last day. He says, I'm not the one that's going to judge you. The words that I'm speaking, they will be your judge on the last day. I don't want to be on the other side of the word. Because the word of God and God are one and the same. I wish every one of us will understand that. And change your mind when the word is speaking something contrary to how you're feeling and what the devil is telling you. Because if you line up with the word, the, the word of God, the word of God will change that situation 
so that you really see. So you can go, I was blind, but now I see. And let me let you know, spiritual blindness is worse than natural blindness. It's a whole lot. If you're crippled spiritually, (laughs) it's worse than being crippled naturally. I'm telling you, it's real. You're really crippled in that case. Because everything is from the spirit realm. They all exist in the spirit realm before you see them in the natural. So God's using what we know in the natural to help us understand what's happening in the real world, which is the spirit world. That world is the real world. We just think that this is the real world. But can't you tell it's not the real world with all the decay and the deaths and all of that? Nothing lasts here. Everything you touch decays. You buy a Bible, wait two, two years later, it's getting old, you need to get another one. And that's the Bible, right? <laughs> the Bible tells us, surely he has borne our grief. And if you look at that word, the Hebrew word, that word grief means sickness. And if you read in verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 53, he says, he had put into grief. And if you read the literal translation, he says, he had made him sick for us. He made him sick for us. And God, if you read the scriptures, God never talks about sin without talking about sickness. They are like twin brothers, including poverty. Hated twin brothers by God. He hates them both. Did you know Jesus spent so much time healing the sick? Don't you remember the scripture where Jesus said, is it easier to say to this man, rise up and walk, or to say to him, your sins are forgiven you. They're one and the same as far as God's concerned. Which is easier to say to this crippled man, your sins are forgiven you, or rise up, take up your bed, and walk. They're the same to him. They, they don't mean, there's no difference. He brought them both together. And he said, so you know that the Son of Man has the power on the earth to forgive sins, now I'll say to the man, because they are exactly the same. They're tied together. God cannot forgive your sins and leave you sick. If you don't say amen, I'll say amen for myself. <laughs> it just doesn't work. Jesus, when he forgave, he was healing everyone that came to him. Read the scriptures. Everyone who came got healed. Every single one. And the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever. Why? Because he took those things. He took our infirmities. He also bore our diseases. That's what Isaiah 53 was saying to us. And if you read Isaiah 53 verse 1, he says, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? When God reveals his arm to you, that's called revelation. Not everybody has that revelation. Before he went to that scripture, can you give me Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1? Who has believed our report? So God's going to give you a report. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? That's revelation. When you get it. 
To you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. But those who are without is always in parable. When God reveals this mystery to you and you get this report, and when you believe this report, everything is changed in your life. And then he went to verse 4, surely, the same chapter, surely he has borne our grief. And that word grief in the Hebrew means sickness. Surely, no doubt about it. He bore your sickness in the same way he bore your disease, I mean your sin. The same way. Surely he has borne our grief. That word means sickness. That's why it's in parentheses there. Because if you go to the Hebrew word, it means sickness. Surely God is saying, if you can believe this report, Jesus surely bore your sickness just as he bore your sin. You say, well, I didn't see the sickness on him. You couldn't see your sin on him either. Neither was he committing any sin when he bore our sin. Because sickness and sin, they are both spiritual, including poverty. They are all spiritual. Amen. I pray that God will give you a revelation tonight. Amen. And stay with it. Don't just hear. Don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers. In other words, align your attitude to act according to God's word so that God can come through for you. Because if you don't, if you don't apply faith, you will never obtain a good report. Read Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, they obtained good report. Good testimony. Transformed kingdoms. Got dead people raised. Because they believed God's word. Contrary to what they saw with their own eyes. We got to get to that place where we have no fear. Because God is on our side. And the Bible says if God be for us. Who can be against us? I know where is that devil going to come from that's going to be able to make me to be afraid? Who gave birth to him? When Jesus is giving birth to me and I'm a member of God's family. Amen? I'm a member, and you are a member of God's family. Don't you take care of your family members, your children? Your eyes are always on them, making sure nothing happens. If they cry, you turn around immediately. What's going on? And you're ready to solve the problem. Why? And Jesus said, if you then being evil know how to do good, give good gifts to your children, how much more? Think about it. The problem is because we are believing wrong. That's the problem. Has nothing to do with God. It's just we are believing wrong and we are being taught. We are teaching ourselves wrong and we are being taught wrong. But we need to be able to identify the truth and the truth will only come from the word of God. I don't care what people think. They may come and get upset. That's their problem. Hopefully, they will receive the word of God and be transformed. That's, that's, that's my desire. That's what Angela and I desire. It's not just to have a church. My dream is to have people who are, you know, warriors for God. Or not afraid. That's what the whole issue is. He says, surely, no doubt, he bore our grief, sickness, weakness, and distresses. He bore those things and carried our sorrows. That word means in the Hebrew is makob. That's pain. Sorrows means pain. When a woman is going through labor, right? 
that's not sorrow, that's pain, right? That's pain. He bore our pain. Our punishment. It says, yet we, uh, we uh, ignorantly consider him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. But, but then look, he says, he was wounded for our transgression. That's sin, right? Transgression is sin. We all know that. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquity. That's sin, right? He's still dealing with sin. The chastisement needed to obtain peace and well-being, in other words, to prosper and be, be, be doing well, be successful in life, well-being for us was upon him. In other words, God says, I want them to have well-being on the earth. I want them to be doing well on the earth. That's why that woman said, it is well, even in the presence of trouble. I want them to be doing well. Whatever will make them have peace and do well in life, God made sure his son put that, the problem of it, whatever will stand in his way on his son so that we can walk free. That's what he's saying. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. But God didn't stop there. In the same breath, God says, and... In addition to all of these things I've told you about iniquity and the peace of Jesus that I'm giving to you, and with his stripes, that's his wounds, the ones that they inflicted on him when he went to the cross, we are healed and made whole. You know what that means when it says made whole? I like that. Remember the, the ten lepers? He said, go see the priest. They all left. And one of them is Samaritan, uh, Samaritan came back. They got all healed on, while they were on their way. They all came back. And uh, Jesus said, there were ten. How come you only have this guy coming back? And... Uh, None of them came back to say thank you. That's the problem. Christians won't thank God for what they know from the world and believe. It is not, not except for this foreigner. He's the only one that's coming to say thank you. And Jesus said, now go your way and be made whole. You know what that means? Be made complete in every area of life. Those guys were still healed, right? They were still healed. But this guy was made whole. Sins forgiven. No stress in life. Just made completely a complete person, just like Jesus, with all the peace. He got everything that was written in Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. That's what it means. He was made completely whole. That's what that scripture is saying. Did you know how Peter, uh, uh, Peter and the others saw this scripture that we're talking about? When they read Isaiah, remember, Peter didn't have the New Testament Bible. Did you know that? <laughs> he had no way of reading any New Testament. It didn't exist in his time. They only read the Old Testament. That was their Bible. The Bible Paul carried around was just the Old Testament. But this is how they read Isaiah in Matthew chapter 8, beginning from verse 16 and 17. And they are reading, actually, Matthew was pulling from what he saw in Isaiah 53, and he brought it down to Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. 
because of what Jesus did in that evening. He says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed some who were sick, right? Oh, if you were in that crowd, you'll be well also. I don't care what you got. I don't care what the doctor said to you. But then we think, oh man, I wish I was, that's what I used to think. I wish I had lived when Jesus was around. I would just walk up to him with all my problems and let him just pray for me. Isn't that good? That would feel really good. That was what Matthew, uh, Thomas wanted. I got to see him and I got to put my finger. Jesus said, uh-uh. It's better for you if you believe without seeing. You'll get more. When I realize that, I don't need to be there. I tell my wife, I've already been in Israel. <laughs> she wants to go to Israel. I say, I've already seen all the place. In my mind, as I read the scriptures, I've been there. I've walked the streets, amen, in my spirit with Jesus. I was there with him. When he went to the cross, he was doing that for me. I was inside him in his loins when he went up there. I don't need to go there. I'll go, Angela, someday. But... <laughs> But I've already been there. Now we don't know him anymore in the flesh. The, the scriptures say it. We just have to believe in the spirit. This is just the truth of the word of God. Uh, let's stop arguing with God's word because of our past beliefs. Because it hinders you. God may have a destiny for you. And because you have so, so strong feelings about what you know, instead of being open, in, uh, being open to God's word, you can never get there. That's what I pray, God, please don't let me be that way. Let me always humble my word, myself before God's word. Even if it's coming from a child. I, if he's speaking the truth, I want to hear it. Because I have to change. We only got just this, this one life, right? So we got to follow. This is how they read it. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirit with the word and healed all who were sick. Why was Jesus doing this on this day? He says that it might be fulfilled. Jesus was fulfilling what was written about him in Isaiah 53 that we just read. That, that it might be fulfilled, which was uh, spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore what? Our sicknesses. This is Bible. This is not me speaking. This is God telling us Jesus bore our sicknesses. Because sickness is first spiritual before it became natural. You know, in, in this life I've seen a lot of things. I've read, I've read a lot of things. Did you know back in Nigeria today, it's commonplace for them. If you know what sickle cell anemia, uh, sickle cell anemia is, you are, it's a genetic disease. You are born that way. You can't change your genes. But the preachers over there, they've come to believe the word of God and they are asking those that have been born with this genetic disease, they'll pray for them and they'll send them back to their doctors, go and check your genetic code and they come back, everything is changed. The genotype is changed. They don't have it anymore. That's happening because Jesus bore it. It, you don't, it doesn't matter if you were born with it. There was a man that was born blind, right? Jesus reversed it. 
There is nothing that he cannot do. It doesn't matter how long you've been sick. It doesn't matter how bad it is. Sometimes I had to think to myself, Lazarus was in the grave for how many days? I mean, he won't have any kind of brain left. And we're talking about, oh, he had an accident and he got some brain damage. Well, Lazarus, I mean, that thing was just much. Everything was gone. Right? And God brought, God brought everything back. And he could think and walk and eat and, and interact. Is this, this is written right there in the scriptures. And we read that and we say, how nice. Oh, gosh. That was wonderful. I wish I was there to see that. And Jesus is saying, he who believes in me, the work that I do, shall he do also. And greater work than this shall he do because I go to the Father. And I see people, mothers, taking their dead children to pastor. They call them man of God. <laughs> they call them the man of God. They take dead children to pastor, please. The child is dead. Pastor, do something about it. Here, there's a woman. Have you lost your mind? You're bringing the dead child to a church? You want to scare the kids? We don't listen to those type of things. Nobody agrees. We're not willing to stretch ourselves in faith. But God is the same God. That's what I want the, our fellowship to know. I don't care what's happening out there. God is the same God. And there's nothing he cannot do. You have no reason to be afraid of anything because Jesus is with you. You got no reason to be afraid of the circumstances. God's not governed by circumstances. He changes circumstances. And God can change any circumstance that's put in his hands. He can. I just told a man yesterday in the office, you agree with me. And if we don't come out of agreement, God has said, and he cannot lie, if two or four shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask on the earth. I said, are you in Mars now? No, he's right here. He's not in the planet, Jupiter. We are here on the earth. Jesus said, if two of you shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask on the earth. My father will do it. We, before we, we pray in agreement, and before we get to the door, he said, Pastor, you think what he's saying is right? It's already come out of agreement. And then he said, well, the prayer, God didn't answer it. Well, you didn't answer the prayer. <laughs> Your words canceled that faith. But he bore our infirmities, and he took our sicknesses. And what is already born, you don't have any right to bear. Two of us cannot bear it. If you think about what Jesus went through, you will change your mind. If you read Isaiah 52, this is, you could hardly recognize him. Because he was beaten so badly. And he was doing that so that you can stay well. And you're, well, I don't believe that. How do you put that together? You are leaning on your own understanding? Where Proverbs 3, don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Why? Because what he's telling you doesn't make sense in the natural. You've got to trust him. But if you trust him, you'll find out that he's, he, he told you the truth. Many times Jesus will say to us, you know, truly, truly, I'm saying to you, 
because he wants you to believe it. Why? Because what he's telling you is contrary to what we know as humans in the natural. We don't, if somebody's walking on water right before me, I'll think just like the disciples, that's a ghost. But that was Jesus. He says, why are you fearful? It's me. All things are possible to him who believes. God never separates sickness from sin. We do. If he takes the sin from your life, he heals you at the same time. That's why he told that man, your sins are forgiven you. And that's why he told the guy, after he healed the guy, in John chapter 5, he saw the guy, he says, don't sin anymore so this, so, some of that worst sin can come, cannot come. Why? Because when he healed him, the sin was gone. Right? So he says, don't go back doing the same old things so this worst sin don't come upon you. Because the sins are forgiven. That man who came for healing wasn't asking for his sins to be forgiven. He said, Jesus saw their faith and he said to him, son, your sins are forgiven you. Everybody got offended by that. And Jesus said, which is easier to say? He said, your sins are forgiven or to say, rise up, take up your bed and walk. They're one and the same. But let me tell you something. Every time you believe God contrary to what you see in the natural, you make him glad. You really make him. That's why the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. When you believe God, contrary to what the doctors are telling you, and you stand firmly on God's word, if I die, let me die, but I'm going to trust God and believe me in heaven. I don't, only God knows what's being said up here, up there. That's so important. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, because God never separates this, it's so important. Who himself, that's Jesus himself, bore our sins, that's taking care of the sin problem, in, whose, in, uh, in his own body, on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness. But he never stopped there. He went on to say, by whose stripe ye were healed. Sin and sickness, they go together. According to the word of God. When God forgives you your sin, this sickness lives. When God heals you, this sin disappears. They're one and the same. They're one and the same. It's just the truth. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. Isaiah told us that. Matthew told us that. Now we're reading from the scriptures here. First Peter. Peter is telling us exactly the same thing. You can't separate them. Sin and sickness. That's why we preach healing. Because you can't preach a complete gospel without preaching healing. The early disciples didn't go out just preaching, God will forgive you your sin. They were also healing the sick. When Jesus sent them out, he told them basically preach the gospel, heal the sick, right? They go together. You can't separate them. The church is the one that's separating them. And God is allowing it because be it unto you according to your faith. But at the Ark Fellowship, we're not separating them. We're not better than them. We're just not going to do that. Because every time you put aside God's words, you suffer. You really suffer. We cannot do that. 
by whose stripes ye were healed. Now, I'm going to end with this. Psalm 103, he's in beginning, beginning from verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. How many of you want to bless God tonight? You are not acting like you really mean it. Yeah, I see that. Good. If you are blessing the Lord, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And so many times when I'm feeling sick, and I do feel sick, <laughs> you feel sick, you have to fight. I'm coming up with a message. Don't know how to title it. God loves fighters and despises quitters. Now, can you? <laughs> because you got to fight. So many times when I'm feeling sick, you feel that thing. You stay with the word of God. We walk by faith and not by sight, not by feeling. So you stay with the word of God until the, what I call false symptom is gone. Because if Jesus is already taking this sickness, what I got is false. Let God be true and my body is a lie. And so you're, you're lying to me. This cannot be real. And the body continues to lie. You keep telling the body, God cannot lie. You are the liar. <laughs> Amen. And God will come through. Come through for us. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And so when you bless the Lord, you say, sickness, can you bless the Lord? Sickness is evil. Don't want to bless the Lord. So when you command all your body to bless the Lord, if sickness don't like it, find somewhere else to go. <laughs> and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. How many of you have benefits where you work? <laughs> they got be benefits. They have insurance for you. And if you have a hundred percent, you know, you know, they pay everything, you know, no deductible, nothing. And then you say, I'm sick. I wonder what, what I'm going to do. How am I going to pay the bills? And this, the guy says, you got insurance? He says, yes, I have. But I'm wondering, are you going to use your benefit? Oh, I am worried about whether I can pay the bill. What kind of insurance? He, they said it's a hundred percent, but I'm really worried. This is not, you've lost your mind. <laughs> That's what is, what's wrong with you? I'd like to have what you got. A hundred percent, no deductible. That's wonderful. That's what God says. Don't forget the benefits. Who, he, who forgives how many of your iniquities? All your iniquities. That makes me feel good. I was a bad boy yesterday. I'm feeling good today because God has forgiven <laughs> everything. And I don't take that too literally. <laughs> okay? He forgives all your iniquities. He also what? Heals some of your diseases. And God says, the one you got now is called cancer. This is a big one, son. This is big. We have to, God the Father, God the Son, we have to have a meeting about this. What is God now? This is unusual. We haven't seen this before. Is that right? He heals what? 
all our diseases. All. All except the one you got last week, right? All except the one that you've had for the past five years. All, but you were born with it, right? Is that what it says? He heals what? Why? Because Jesus took them. That he paid. Don't somebody pay for your benefits at work, right? You just got a benefit and your employer is not paying anything for it. Jesus paid for your benefits, right? And God says, don't forget who is saying it. God, he's telling you, don't forget your benefits. All of them. He heals all. He forgives all your iniquities. He redeems your life from destruction. In other words, anything that was inbuilt in your previous life that will cause you to fail, God says, I've taken all of them out of your life. He redeems your life from destruction. That means, and I believe also when you hear me say this, it's not a boasting thing. I say this thing because as it comes out of your mouth, your heart takes, it takes root in your heart so you can start having faith. When I'm saying I'm not going to die by accident, it's not because I'm trying to show you how great a faith I have. No, I'm actually speaking the word so that my heart, will, my head will finally believe it. Amen. My head will believe it. The word says it. I speak it. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you meditate in it day and night. Then you are able to make your way prosperous, and then you have good success. So you keep saying it, even though your heart is, your mind is doubting it, but you believe it in your heart. That's what God says. You keep, it keeps coming out of your mouth until the time comes, your, body, your head says, that's true. You've arrived. I've not arrived. I keep saying it. I'm not going to die by accident. I don't sit in a plane and they're having problems and I'm wondering what's going to happen. Are we about to crash? No, it's never going to happen. I'm at peace these days. Whether the plane is bumping back and forth, we're coming down. And if you want to crash, you can let me come up. You can crash somewhere else, but not with me inside there. Because God has redeemed my life from what? Destruction. How can Jesus pay that awesome price for me and then I die like a chicken out there. Excuse me. Think about the awesome price is paid for us, right? That's what the Bible talks about. Come, let us what? Reason together. When you reason with God, you begin to find, I have believed a lie. All my life, I believed a lie. Amen? Because then the truth will begin to watch your body and your life, and align you for what God has set apart for your life, for your destiny. But you got to fight. You got to fight for it by knowing the word of God. Uh, my time is up. <laughs> you got to fight. God loves fighters and despises quitters. <laughs> That's hard to say for preaching. But really, God doesn't like anyone to quit. Amen? He will encourage you, get you back on your feet, but fight. God says to the children of Israel, I have given you this promise, the land of Canaan. Now rise up and fight for it. 
It is already given to them, right? But they have to fight for it. He says there is this Tohan. He's back there. He's going to fight you. He's going to resist you. But stand up. Be strong. Fight them. Fight the good fight of faith. Because it's a fight. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. Put on the whole armor of God. So what is God saying? You are a fighter, right? Well, I don't want to fight. You're going to die. <laughs> it's funny, but that's the truth. You don't put armor after putting all of this great armor, and then you just sit down there and say, I'm not going to fight. You die. Stand up with me tonight. I pray that God is giving you some good revelation from the word. And I know something, you know, I say what I'm saying, not just to preach, but I do know that because you are hearing me, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There is faith being born in your heart now, right now, concerning healing. And sickness is already saying, we are in real trouble now. What are we going to do? Amen? Because you are hearing the word of God. The Bible says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So you're hearing the life of God. I pray that there's nothing inside you that argues against the word of God that you're hearing. Search the scriptures yourself and let God open your eyes so that he'll lift you up to his place. Because you're seated with him. According to Ephesians, you are seated with him in heavenly places. Far above every principality, every power, every sickness, every disease. Thank God for our brother here, Chris. He believed God and God healed you. Right, brother? He healed you. Stop. God healed him. He prayed for him. God healed him. It's true. God is still healing today. If you're sick in the body tonight, please put your hand where you're hurting. I don't care if it has been there for a long time. doesn't matter with God. He's going to heal you. And get ready for God. You may feel, you may not feel anything. Sometimes God heals people. Like this testimony I heard, the guy asked, somebody asked, how is your pain? And he says, oh, it's gone. Because he had no clue God had healed him. Just the pain leaves. 